looking for a volunteer this morning. Would there be anybody here who would be willing to come help me out for a moment? Brave soul. Kate. Yay. Come on up. Would you help Kate feel very welcome? Come on up. If you don't know this lady, she's awesome. Only a friend of mine would volunteer on Easter Sunday, right? <laughs> so, Kate, I'm wondering if you could take these two tools. This um, is a color wheel. And this is a tape measure. Okay. And can you use these tools to uh, describe as best you can the piece of art that's under this, um, under this cloth without removing the sheet? Sure. Um, go, go for it. Um, well, I believe it has one or more colors from this color. <laughs> Potentially. Um, it is... Nice, nice. And All right. It's probably quite beautiful. Anything else you want to say? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, what? I mean, Kate did a great job, no doubt. But um, do you guys want to see the real deal? You want to see it? Okay. Ta-da! It's cool, huh? Yeah. Uh, what was the problem here? Like, even though Kate could tell us some things about the art, why is it not as transformative as actually seeing the real deal? Some things function on a different level of reality. The painting under the sheet is real, but there is also something mysterious about artwork, great artwork. There is something transcendent about great artwork that cannot be fully explained. It has to be experienced. And resurrection faith is kind of like that. The resurrection of Jesus can be analyzed from all angles. It can be defended. It can be fought over. There is a place for evidence that demands a verdict. But that is totally different than experiencing the power of the resurrection in our lives. This piece of artwork, it can be examined or it can be experienced. It can be measured or it can be marveled at. It can be studied, or it can be enjoyed. In one posture, I remain very much in control. And in the other, I surrender myself to the experience of the art. You know, unfortunately, religion often tries to pull us towards control and certainty rather than towards mystery and awe. And some of you here today have probably left church, not because you stopped believing in God, but because church became about certainty and control 
rather than mystery and awe. This morning, I hope that together we can marvel at the mystery of the resurrection. I hope together this morning we can stand in awe at this truth that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. The Bible says this about the first Easter morning. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, and my favorite line right here, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. This account of the resurrection in Matthew 28 is remarkably normal. It is not trying to prove that Christ rose through examination. It just simply is showing that he did and moving on to what that means. The experience of that. An interesting thing happens for me, and maybe you've had something similar. When I hop in an Uber or I get on an airplane and I meet someone new and we get to that point in the conversation where they say, so what do you do for a living? I say, well, I do a few different things, one of which is I'm a pastor of a church. Typically, the first thing that, well, the first thing that happens is they, stop, they just stop swearing. And, <laughs> and then after that, there's typically kind of a, some sentiment of like, well, that's nice for you, even if I don't believe that. The story that we consider today, the story of God, it's an account of reality. It is a story that begins with a God who exists in perfect community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a perfect triune dance of love and endless joy. And the triune God decides to create a world to share his love with. 
And so he creates men and women and invites them into this dance of perfect love. He creates humans in his image, in the image of God. He created them. He creates them in goodness and in love. And they live in union with God. But over time, these people are tempted by an evil enemy that says, ah, you, you could be like God. You don't need to live in dependence to God. You can be in control, and if you are, you will be like God. And so the Garden of Eden becomes a wild jungle when the first man and woman leave that state of dependence on God and his goodness. The Garden of Eden becomes a wild jungle, but God's original love in creating these people is so great. It is so great that he devises a plan to rescue these people he created in goodness and who he loves. And so in the fullness of time, Christ comes and lives and dies, takes on all of the evil, all of the wrongdoing, all of the shame of humanity. And in doing so, makes a way for people to live in connection to God again, to live in that dance of triune love. On Easter morning, the women come to the tomb first, and they are afraid yet filled with joy, and the angel says to them, he's not here, he is risen. And in rising from the grave, Jesus defeats death. He, in rising from the dead, he makes it possible for people to live in freedom and in joy and in that original dance of triune love. You know, life in Jesus is life in a different kingdom. Life in Jesus is life lived in the kingdom of God. So resurrection faith, it begins when we surrender our control, and we throw ourselves utterly and completely on the mercy of God. Resurrection faith begins when we say, I'm no longer relying on my effort. I'm no longer relying on my good works. I'm no longer relying on my respectability or my smarts. Resurrection faith begins when we throw ourselves utterly and completely on the mercy of God. That is where it starts. And at that moment, we enter an intimate friendship with Christ that starts now and it lasts into eternity. The resurrection makes it possible for you and I to enter into an intimate friendship with Jesus that begins now and lasts into eternity. So Christ invites me to follow him. This means that I go, I can go, moment by moment, day by day, holding the hand of the one 
whose love for me knows no limit. I am walking moment by moment, day by day, with someone who has defeated a far greater foe than anything I'm ever going to face in this life. And I can hear his voice guiding me, directing me, the whispers of his Holy Spirit telling me what wisdom looks like in his kingdom, guided by his word and his voice. So Christ invites us to follow him. It really means to be apprenticed by Jesus. It means living life in God's kingdom. And what is God's kingdom? God's kingdom is wherever God is king. Life in God's kingdom is living life with his vision, his values, following him, obeying him, learning to live as he lives. It is not about praying a prayer once upon a time so that I can go to heaven when I die. It is not about one hour on Sunday mornings. It is learning over the course of a lifetime to bring all the various facets of my personhood into life in God's kingdom. Because of the resurrection, it is possible to no longer live in the kingdom of this world with all its vision and values and directions. It is possible now to live in the kingdom of God, to be apprenticed by Jesus, which is moment by moment bringing all of me into the kingdom of his love and light. So all the facets of you and I, that is, includes a lot of things. It's my body and its desires bringing that over time into the kingdom of his love and light. It is my ever-changing emotions bringing those over time into the kingdom of his love and light, being apprenticed by Jesus in my thoughts, in my mind, in my will, in my social context. It is being, day by day, apprenticed by Jesus into kingdom living. And here on earth, we get a taste. We get a taste of the glory that is to come when all this earth will be redeemed and all this earth will be restored. I get to experience now, in part, what I will experience in full in eternity. And to the extent that you and I live in God's kingdom is to the extent that we experience heaven on earth. The more my entire being comes into God's kingdom, the more I experience the joy and love and perfect union of that holy dance. I don't know if you noticed, but um, Easter is a big day for churches. And sometimes it can seem a little bit like a church is, um, you know, pulling out all the stops and trying to get people to, you know, really connect on Easter. You know what's interesting? Jesus never seemed to try to sell people on the kingdom of God. 
he never seemed to, uh, you know, here's your best life now and here's my sales pitch to get you in. Never seemed to do that. He simply invited people to come and see, to come and die to themselves and be reborn. So people on the self-improvement plan who were feeling pretty good about themselves, they didn't tend to follow him. But people who were sick and tired of themselves, people who were burnt out on religion and all of its false promises, people who were so tired of all the promises, empty promises of this world, they were the ones who flocked to him. They were the ones who were ready to enter the waters of his death and resurrection. Jesus would say things like, any of you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion, come to me and I will give you rest for your souls. He never tried to sell people on the kingdom life. He just invited them. He would say, if you follow me, you're not going to fit in in the kingdoms of this world anymore. You're not going to be in control. You're going to suffer. You will die. But you will know life, and you will know a peace that passes all understanding, and you will know a union so precious that there is this pearl of great price. It is so rare that you would give up all the kingdoms of this world for that, that you would sell all you have to keep that. He would say, this life that I offer is true life, and you won't ultimately come to know it through examination. You will only come to know it through experience. So this morning, I want to invite the band to come up. And they've prepared a song for us to uh, take a little time to pray and to reflect. And I want to invite you to simply consider, where are you at this morning? In marveling at the mystery that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. And what parts of your being are living life in the kingdom of God's love and light? And where might you follow Jesus, be apprenticed by him today? In the kingdom living he invites us into. Let's pray together, and then we'll take some time for reflection. Well, Jesus, we thank you that you are always wooing us, you are always drawing us, you are always inviting us, even now, into deeper intimacy with you. I thank you that because of your life, because of your death, because of the resurrection, it is now possible to live life in your kingdom, holding your hand, following you. And we just want more and more to live life in your kingdom, guided by your vision, your values, hearing your voice, holding your hand. 
Would you turn our attention to awareness, the awareness of your presence? You're always present with us. Would you help us to see? Would you give us eyes to see how we might follow you in resurrection faith today? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. And everybody who agreed said, Amen.